0: Right tonight we're going to take a closer look at the gospel. We'll read long and then I'll make a few comments as we go. We'll read the first part. I won't make many of the historical comments. We'll just pass over that fairly quickly. And it came to pass that in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This enrolling was first made by Serenius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be enrolled, everyone into his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary's espoused wife, who was with child. And it came to pass that when they were there, her days were accomplished, that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son. Now, we just commented on this on the Feast of the but it's worth a quick review. Remember the symbolism of the Easter fire. The Easter fire started by striking a flint with steel. And the symbolism there, the spark coming out of the rock is like our Lord passing uh, through, the, through the, the tomb. He came out, the angel later on rolled back the, the, the stone, but he passed out through it. As one theologian says, um, what, I'll just read what, what that has to do with Christmas right here. What one theologian says, as Christ in his risen body will one day pass of a sealed stone tomb without opening it, so now he leaves the womb of his mother and enters the world without depriving her of her virginity. Okay, as Saint Augustine points out, our lady was a virgin before the birth, during the birth, and after the birth. Saint Gregory of Nyssa quote although coming in the form of man, yet he is not subject in everything to the law of man's nature. Well as being born of a woman tells of human nature, virginity becoming capable of a childbirth betokens something above man's nature. Of him, then, his mother's burden was light, the birth immaculate, the delivery without pain, the nativity without defilement. For as she who by her guilt engrafted death into her nature was condemned to bring forth in pain, that's Eve, it was fitting that she who brought life into the world, Our Lady, would accomplish her delivery with joy. Okay, and if there was still any doubt, and of course... I'm clearing up all the errors from this blasphemous movie. Here's a psalm infallible teaching of the Catholic Church given at the First Lateran Council, 649, under Pope St. Martin. Quote, this is Canon 3, this is infallible. If anyone does not properly and truly confess, in accord with the Holy Fathers, that in the true and proper sense the Holy Mother of God, an ever virgin and immaculate an Mary in this last age, not with human seed, but of the Holy Spirit, properly and truly conceived the Divine Word Himself, who was born of the God the Father from all ages, and that she gave Him birth without any detriment to her virginity, which remained inviolable even after His birth, let Him be condemned. Okay, we'll return to the Gospel. Luke 7, 7. And she brought forth the firstborn and wrapped him up in swaddling clothes. Now, I'm sure everybody here knows what swaddling clothes are. When we when we see a, a manger, we don't see it. But they're wrapped up like a little football. It, it, if you, it's like a cloth diaper in, in the Middle East in those days. So there'd be a triangle. And they'd wrap around that. And then they'd... They'd wrap that around with bands. The swaddling clothes, the, the relic, there's, there's swaddling clothes. Charlemagne built a, a chaplet, of Chapelle, in, in Germany, where uh, I think uh, 37 or so of uh, the emperors were crowned over the years. And there's a reliquary there. It's called the Reliquary of the Visitation, and it has some of the swaddling clothes that our Lord was wrapped in. So if you're in Aachen, Germany, you can... Uh, venerate those relics so they're they're kept in a a, a, a golden reliquary that depicts a presentation of the presentation in a temple and that's where some of those are okay returning to the gospel luke 7 7 she brought forth her firstborn son wrapped him up in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn now, what was it like where they're at? Well, we can go all the way back. We know, of course, some tradition, but I'll just read you from some of the fathers. St. Justin Martyr was born in the very early 2nd century. He's a native of Palestine. He's a member of the generation, immediately post-apostolic, so he knew all the guys uh, that, that, after his, that converted him had been taught by the apostles and whatnot, and certainly he knew what was going on in Bethlehem. Here's what he wrote. Quote, since Joseph could not find any lodging in the village, he took up his quarters in a certain cave near the village. And it was while they were there that Mary gave birth to the Christ and laid him in a manger. So he's in a cave. Now, in, in 30, 132, Hadrian, the emperor, tried to desecrate all the holy places. So he built pagan shrines right there in, in the Holy Land. Every place where there's a holy place, they built a pagan shrine over to the, to, to the gods. Saint Jerome writes about this, and uh, Saint Jerome, he lived in Bethlehem for 34 years, from 386 to 420. St. Jerome, quote, the doctor of the church, From the time of Hadrian to the reign of Constantine, a period of about 180 years, the spot which had witnessed the resurrection was occupied by a figure of Jupiter. While on the rock where the cross had stood, a marble statue of Venus was set up by the heathen and became an object of worship. The original persecutors, indeed, supposed that by polluting our holy places, they would deprive us of our faith in the passion and the resurrection. Even my own Bethlehem, as it is now, that most venerable spot in the, world, in the whole world of which the psalmist sings, the truth has sprung out of the earth, it was overshadowed by a grove of Tammuz, that is, of Adonis. In the very cave where the infant Christ had uttered his earliest cry, lamentation was made for the paramour of Venus. So. Uh, that's uh, St. That's Jerome writing about it. In fact, when St. Helena got there, it made it kind of easy to find the holy places because they already knew from tradition every place where these things, they just had to tear them down and and, and dig under them, and there, and, and there it was right there. So fairly easy for St. Helena to locate this stuff the, the pagans had already done it for. Okay, what about uh, the manger? Uh, okay. St. Jerome, Origen writes about it, but St. Jerome, at the time the, the manger was there, as St. Jerome writes, quote, I, too miserable sinner that I am, have been accounted worthy to kiss the manger in which the Lord cried as a babe and to pray in the cave in which the tra- travailing virgin gave birth to the infant Lord. It's not a cave anymore because the basilica. They had to remove the roof of it because it was, it was too heavy, but th- that, that's where it is. Anyway, what happened in 640... Uh, the, the Muslims came in under the Caliph Omar and they captured Palestine and Jerusalem. And so this long and terrible night of Muslim misrule fell on the Holy Land. And immediately after that, in 642, during the reign of Pope Theodore I, now he's a native of Jerusalem, uh, and he was a pope from 642 to 649, and, and relics from, from the manger were brought to Rome for safekeeping. There's five boards of sycamore wood. They'd been the supports in the manger. They're in St. Mary Major, the Basilica St. Mary Major in Rome is, is where it if you ever go there, it's right under the main altar. There's kind of a little staircase you can go down. And there's a, a, a scene with our Lord laying in the manger and a silver reliquary. And it has crystal windows that you can see the boards, that you can see through and see the boards. So there's five boards of them in this, in this urn that, that has Christ our Lord on it. Anyway, uh, so the relics are there from the holy land, uh, from the manger. Returning to the gospel. And they were in the same country, shepherds watching and keeping the night watches over the flock. Okay. Of course, the fact that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem was clearly prophesied in the Old Testament. About 800 years before our Lord's birth, the prophet Micah spoke clearly about the dignity of this small village of Bethlehem. Quote, and now Bethlehem, thou art a little one among the thousands of Judah. Out of thee shall he come forth that is to be the ruler in Israel. And his going forth is from the beginning, from the days of eternity. Close quote. Out of Bethlehem shall come the ruler. That forth he that is to be the ruler in, in Jerusalem. And his going forth is from the beginning, from the days of eternity. Really clear prophecy, roughly contemporary with Isaiah's prophecy about the virgin birth. That's not all. Genesis 35 21 speaks about a watchtower near Bethlehem that was used by shepherds to keep watch over the flocks. It's called the flock tower or the watchtower, depending on what kind of translation you're looking at. An ancient Jewish commentary, so we'll start with a Jewish commentary, we'll look at the Catholic one in a second, but an ancient Jewish commentary on Genesis 35-21 uh, records the belief that the Messiah was to be revealed from that very tower near Bethlehem, that flock tower. So I'll read you uh, something. I have different ones, but this is the easiest one right here. It's written 150 years ago by a rabbinic student that never made it quite to Catholicism, but he got to be an Anglican. So he as an Anglican. He's writing this. He, he makes fun of the uh, Catholicism in various places. So he's a hostile witness to a certain degree that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem was a settled conviction. Equally so is a belief that he was to be revealed from the tower of the flock. This was not the watchtower for the ordinary flocks, which pastured on a barren sheep ground beyond Bethlehem, but lay close to the town on the road to Jerusalem. The flocks which pastured there were destined for temple sacrifices. It's very significant. And accordingly, the shepherds who watched over them were not ordinary shepherds. These flocks lay out all the year round. Thus, Jewish tradition in some dim manner apprehended the first revelation of the Messiah from that watchtower where shepherds watched the temple flocks all the year round. Of the deep symbolic significance of such coincidence, it is needless to speak. Obviously, because we know that when we talk about the August day, the Lamb of God, you know. Here they are. God sets up everything. Just as a parenthetical thing, it's not accidentally born this time of year when it's darkest. The dark, and the darkness is just starting to break and the days are going to start getting longer than the light. He's coming in the fullness of time when the darkness of paganism is hanging like a, like a black cloud. The, the whole, the devil's like a big serpent coiled around the whole earth. And that point in time when it's darkest that's when our Lord becomes incarnate, comes out the same way. He's symbolizing it too with just the light in this time of the year and whatnot. Nothing's an accident in our religion. It was then on that winter night of the 25th of December, Parenthetical remark, Our Lady remembered when our Lord was born. If the apostles weren't sure, all they had to do was ask him. I've done this plenty of times. I have yet to meet a mother that doesn't remember when her children were born to say nothing of the Mac of Conception. This is so stupid when people say that we're not sure when our Lord was born. Well, you may not be sure, but the Catholic Church is, sir. That's why we have Midnight Mass. Okay. On the wintery night of the 25th of December, shepherds watched the flocks destined for sacrificial services in the very place consecrated by tradition as that where the Messiah was to be first revealed. Close quote. Eidersheim. Now, what about Catholic tradition? In Father Hadock's commentary, written uh, centuries ago on that same verse in Scripture, Genesis 35 we read that the flock tower was, quote, about a mile to the east of Bethlehem, where the angels appeared to announce the birth of Christ. Just as the Jews expected. St. Helena built a church there in honor of the angels, close quote. There's a Catholic church and a Greek Orthodox church there today. You know, we fight over everything in the Holy Land. Returning to the Gospel. Luke 7 9 and following. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the brightness of God shone round right about them, and they feared with a great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that shall be to all the people. For this day is born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord in the city of David. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. And suddenly it was with an angel, a multitude of the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men of good will. What's going on here? Well, we've seen before, the fathers teach that each nation has its own guardian angel. And the main purpose of the guardian angel is to guide the people of that nation in the ways of holiness and righteousness. The fathers also teach that before the coming of Christ, the Gentile nations increasingly rejected their knowledge of the true God. They learned that we're all descended from Noah. So they knew this from Noah, and because of this blatant rejection of God, the guardian angels of those nations had a terrible time just trying to prevent their people from falling farther, farther into sin, idolatry, and blatant devil worship. Eusebius gives a clear description of the condition of fallen man on that first Christmas. Now he's writing in the 4th century, quote, In such a flood of evil, the angels who had been first set in charge of the nations could do nothing for their subjects. Those are the guardian angels of the nations. Because of man's own free choice of evil, the peoples, each in its own way, were driven on by evil spirits and fell into a frightful abyss of vices. Even the Jewish nation was drawn into their corruption. Now since such great evils had fallen upon the whole earth, since none of the angels was able to prevent these evils, and since the race God loved was wallowing in the depths of iniquity, and since the activity of the demons continued to increase day by day, The Savior himself came to men and helped his angels in their work for the salvation of men. And then when he was seen by his own angels, who were first set up as guardians over the nations, they immediately recognized their Lord coming to their aid and went to him joyously. Just as sacred scripture says, there was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men of good will. Close quote. So on that cold, quiet Christmas night in Bethlehem, when the guardian angels of the nations saw the little Lord Jesus wrapped up in swaddling clothes and laid in the manger, they immediately realized that their Lord and God had stooped and come down to earth, not to the aid of simply the Hebrew people, but to the aid of all the nations on earth. That He had come to help His angels, that He had come to make it finally possible to turn their poor, confused people away from the path of destruction, and onto the path to heaven. So what are we seeing on that first Christmas? We're seeing an ambassador from heaven. The second person of the most blessed Trinity coming on a peace mission to his enemies. He came in peace to his enemies. That's us. He came on a mission of mercy, of divine mercy for sinners. That's us. He came to bring peace on earth to men of goodwill. That's the message of Christmas, the message of the manger. It's that God came even though we were at war with Him. He came as a helpless baby that none of us can or should be afraid of to show how much He loves us and how much He longs to have mercy on us. That's the message of Christmas. Merry Christmas.